Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Welcome again, everybody, to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And if you heard last week's episode with Anissa Zucker and me, I know that you were waiting for this one because we had such a good time together. She's such a delightful person. I won't give you her resume again because you can hear that from last week. But thanks, Anissa, for being with us again. Mm, It's a pleasure. So, so glad to have you here. And I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. You, one of the phrases that you used was uh, that you consider yourself maybe like a Christian mystic. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of teaching on that lately and mysteries and mysticism and what a mystic is. Tell us what that means to you, being a Christian mystic. To me, I like to demystify it for people because to me, in my walk, it's not as When I think of mystic, I usually think of excluded, living in a cave, fasting for days, super self-righteous and all that stuff. But that's not how I experience it. You know, I still have a job. I still, you know, I currently don't right now, but I work from home because of the COVID. But yeah, it's just a walk with God where for me, I've experienced some supernatural events in my life, starting with when I was a child, I saw, I had the sleep paralysis, you know, where you'd have the nightmare of the shadowy figure and you can't move. You know, many people have this, but I've come to believe this is a spiritual thing (laughs) because I remember how terrified I was. And it's interesting because I actually had that once again, just a few years ago. And I believe that God gave it to me for a reason. He said, because as soon as I had it, I remember Jesus. And I said, Jesus, where are you? And thank God for just like kind of knowing God and being able to get out of that situation. Because when I said his name, all of a sudden I see a white light in the corner and I woke up. So it's little affirmations like that, confirmations that bring me back to, okay, God is real and it's tangible. It's not like a big mystery. The only mystery that I hold tight to is the mystery of the Trinity and the afterlife. I don't claim to know everything that happens. And that's not really my story. My story is basically I was eating from the tree of knowledge, which is basically I'm an intellectual. I love to study. I love I love knowledge. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, God has been showing me the tree of life is quite different. The tree of life is just trusting him and not your own knowledge of good and evil and this and this and that and the other, um, but trusting him. And the more I let go and trust God, the more positive outlook I have on my own life and the more I can give back to others. So a mystic basically to me is not someone who goes off to their, you, you might go off in your own and live in a cave, but that's not my story. My story is not like that. I did have some hibernation time where I would just stay in my prayer room and pray and, 
you know, working up the faith, but that was just part of my process. And I needed to go to some dark places with God alone. And he's healed me. He's healed me through those times. Now, granted to me, a mystic lives in the very moment of the here and now too. So if something is coming up in the spirit and you're feeling tense, anxious, opposite of the fruits of the spirit, then at any point in that now moment, you can ask God, oh, please take this away and it will be gone. You know, now not saying that this always is the case because I've had days of, you know, the whole day I feel kind of, you know, crummy, let's say, you know, I'm having an off day, but those days are good too, because those are the days I think there's a scripture verse. You could probably help me, Paul. I can't think of how it goes. But there's a scripture verse about that where Paul talks about it, rejoicing in your sorrow or something like that. Paul, how does it go? Well, several come to mind. One might be that Paul said, I've learned how to be uh, happy or content, you know, whether things are going well or, or not yeah. going well. That's a big part of my story. Yes. Yeah, it's in Philippians 4. And you and I were talking about before we started that yesterday but with both of us, and of course, yesterday was a couple of months before people are hearing this, but both of us were not having necessarily a really good day. And that was primarily because of technology. At <laughs> and uh, oh, and guys, the but I'm learning. I don't always do it just instantly, but I'm learning to stop and say, "All right, Jesus, you're in me. You know what's going on. You know, tell me what to do." And so I had to do that several times yesterday, mm-hmm. and again this morning. But uh, and that's so refreshing to hear somebody say, someone especially yeah. who has so much experienced with God and has walked with him for so many years and knowing God and you're still having some difficulties and that's that's so yeah. beautiful that's that to me that's a genuine authentic being real with each other because I need that it is well I, I do too and I don't this is a mystery I don't pretend to understand it all but there is some kind of an enemy whether like with you mentioned C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters before what it is exactly or how it is there's a force there that does not want us to know the mystery of who Christ is and Christ in us does not want want us to be joyful, doesn't want us to be content, doesn't want us to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, and certainly doesn't want us to tell anybody else that. And so that force, whatever it is, messes with us. And it only has as much power as we give it. Boy, I can go there. I don't go there nearly as often as I used to. I don't stay there as long as I used to. But I want everybody to know that ain't going away in this life. It will still come. You mentioned in our last episode about a friend you had of a different faith. And when you started following Jesus, these aren't your exact words, but it became a little awkward for you all to be together. But then the Lord took that away. And and you talked about inclusion. You know, that's part of where the rubber hits the road, how our, our new understanding of inclusion, how it affects our relationships. So tell us with you how God is and your understanding of these things has actually affected you in relationships like that and with people you work with with everybody else? Sure. Yeah. When I first had this experience where I feel like that moment that I shared with you in the kitchen was like the moment I got saved. That's what I believed at the time because everyone was telling me, oh, you had the Holy Spirit fall on you. And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) I don't even know. And then I was relying on man to tell me what my experience meant instead of what it meant to me. So, you know, I'm not going to lie for a few months, even years, 
I was still walking in a lot of doubt, a lot of unbelief of the full love of God. I'd read scriptures about loved East, love Jacob, but hated Esau. And I started getting into Calvinism thinking, well, maybe there's just some people that either are not his children. I thought I started getting into cults, all sorts of, just for brief periods of time though. Once I really got into it and knew what there was. I pretty much, God got me out of it pretty quickly. Thank God. But it was not easy. And one of the difficulties I had was with my friend, a friend from New York, who's an Orthodox and she's my very best friend. We've always been very close. And um, we both used to party together when we were younger and we both found religion to kind of help us out of that. But she found Orthodox Jewish Judaism and I found Christianity like a little bit later and she said I remember there was this one time where she said I remember showing up at her house and then all the doors were locked because it was Shabbos you know like you couldn't open the door for anyone and I remember like I only was able to get in by like a miracle of someone opening a door I remember having so much resentment for her over that one silly thing that I was like I just was telling her things like the religion is silly. That's, you know, I was like making fun of her religion and I was in a very mocking spirit and not in a good place, but (laughs) Jesus has been showing me no, like I do have a relationship with this person and I love her more than you'd ever know. And, and it was so good for me. Not like I didn't believe that before, because I did. I was just in a mood, you know? Mm-hmm. We all go there at some point. But I thought that was going to be the end of our relationship because of her stupid religious rules, as I was, <laughs> you know? But since we've been talking, she's been loosening up on her rules. And I've been more accepting of her rules her and more honoring of the rules that she follows because it works for her. And who am I to judge? I'm not the judge of, you know, and she shines radiant Christ everywhere she goes. So I don't have to tell her, well, you know, Jesus is the real Messiah. So stop looking. You know, I don't have to tell her that because because something in the spirit in her already knows. You're able to see Christ in her, even though she doesn't know it. it. Yeah. And that's okay. And I've gotten some slack for some people say, no, you got to tell her, you know, but it's been a beautiful relationship. We're growing in our friendship and getting even deeper. And now whenever we talk on the phone, we can't stop talking. So yeah, that's just one of the examples. Also with a pastor, I think I mentioned to you offline, but that the pastor, one of the pastors and I had a little bit of a falling out, but then later I was able to talk to him about our differences and we sort of forgave each other. Like he has different beliefs than I do and that's okay. And I have different beliefs and and it's okay. So I have to mend my resentments because they get pile up. And for somebody who's struggled with anything in the past that's haunted them, like an an alcoholism or addictions or anything, you don't want resentments because they just eat away at you. So be my side of the fence and just go from there. And I found that I see the good in this man too, just because he believes in eternal conscious torment or whatever, doesn't mean he's a bad guy. You know, for many years, I was like, oh my gosh, how could he believe that? I have to change his mind. I have to change his mind. But Jesus is showing me 
that it's not my job to save everybody. He's already done that 2000 years ago. Yeah. And somehow I've been able to accept the mystery that we already died in Christ and that we have risen again and we are a new creation. I never read that in the Bible before. I never knew that was scripture. There's a lot of passages that Jesus was showing me that I didn't know were actually scriptural. Like somewhere in Acts, he says, when he meets with the pagans and he tells them, you know, let me introduce you to your God, to God, the one, this unknown God, let me tell you who he is. And just the approach of his evangelicalizing, I guess, has inspired me, like just to know the love of God and who he is, not to denounce your God, whoever you believe is God, but to show you who, what you've experienced through him. Oh, that's exactly it, Anissa. And I, you know, I've been a pastor for over 30 years now, and the Lord showed to me, never berating me or condemning me or shaming me or whatever, but just made it very clear. He said, Paul, it's not your job to get people to believe like you do. What I want you to do is just let me love people through you and as you and, you know, let them see Christ in you. And I'll take care of—actually, I've already taken care of all the rest. And boy, what a uh, burden that was that was removed from me. Now, I can still fall back into that mindset, but to realize, in essence— it really doesn't matter what anybody believes because they're all included. They're all going to understand that at some time or another. Now, it's to our benefit to understand it now because we get to enjoy it. But Christ is, has already taken care of all of this uh, before creation really manifested at the cross 2,000 years ago. And when we know that, just takes all the pressure off in our relationships with other people. We don't have to get them to uh, pray the prayer or sign the pledge card or re- renounce this or that. That's a huge difference, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And what he showed me, too, is that can even be dangerous because you're working on, you're operating under divination rather than operating under the tree of life. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're mm-hmm. trying to do something, it's it's very similar to what he taught in the Old Testament, isn't it? The yeah. divination, you're trying to do something to get closer when yeah. he's already there. So yeah. that was a relief for me, too, that yeah, he's me already too. there. He's there. I don't have to do anything. I just have to know and be aware and breathe. Remember to breathe. So as you started on this journey, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know that God has connected you with some different people uh, online. And, of course, God speaks to you directly, personally, as as he does all of us. We aren't all aware of that. But who've been some of the people that have helped you on this journey? Great question. So I've already said John Crowder and his school. So I'm almost graduating from the Cana New Wine Seminary. I'm looking at my certificate for one year, but I have uh, another year to go. So, I mean, Rod Williams is also the senior coordinator. So yeah, look them up. They're good teachings. Eric Wilding, Matt Spinks, Baxter Kruger, that's part of the whole team. There's probably more, two more teachers. Uh, Francois de Troyes, who uh, wrote the Mira translation, has really opened my eyes to uh, the Christology of Christ in the Old Testament and just embracing even Greek. I used to think, oh, well, the Hebrews really know what's up, but the Greeks, you know, that's all, they're all intellectual. But you know what? There's a lot of interesting words in the Greek that actually translate differently than I thought they did. 
like oh, yeah. Kano, yeah, Kanos, Ionias, all these. So oh, I'm yeah. I'm having fun with the language. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, yeah, I I am too. And yeah, you know, when Jesus uh, said one time, yeah, "You all are going to do even greater things than I've done," I thought for a long time, "Well, how could you do even greater things than Jesus did?" Well, I I don't think we can do something that is greater than him. But because of the internet now, we can have a greater effect on more people because Jesus uh, himself was limited in time and space to just the people he was around. But now, because of the internet, we, you know, we can connect with Baxter and John Crowder and Francois. And, oh, uh, yeah. It's been and, so good for me. And watching The Shack. How can we forget The Shack? That, oh, man. That movie. And I read the book. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, as we get ready to wrap things up, tell us what's next. What's coming up with you? What do you see in the future? What God? What's God saying to you? Sure. So he's speaking to me about children's ministry. I've been doing some videos on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, which has humbled me a lot because I could feel in the spirit, God really wants me to do this. And I didn't even have tech ready, but I, my husband made a point. He said, you know what? That makes it look authentic because if you watch my YouTube videos from the beginning, <laughs> there's like almost like no sound. And then it's just improving, improving, improving. <laughs> so it's it's humbling in a way. And I kind of see why God made me do that. Honestly, I did not want to do it. I didn't want to put myself out there. My family didn't want me on YouTube. Everyone was against me about it, except for my husband. He was, <laughs> but because, you know, I'm talking about some very deep stuff and even supernatural and people are uncomfortable with that. So it took a leap of faith just to do that, Paul, just to do that. And I, I feel like I crossed that bridge. I'm okay with that now. Now the big challenge that he has set before me is now starting my own business, my own Kinos education business. And I already have people that are interested in helping with the business and people that really want to see this kind of education being taught. So in other words, if I know a lot of we have three families right now who are waiting on me for a couple of different programs to get started because they are homeschooling their kids. And with the COVID and everything, more people are leaning towards homeschooling because maybe they, you know, there's many reasons why people can't wear masks. Some people had trauma in their past and they can't have anything over their face. These are real issues that I believe we need to address as a society as well. But for now, the way things are, if, okay, you can't go to school, you got to homeschool. So I want to be available. I feel like God's calling me to do something with those homeschool kids and bring what I have to share to them. Eventually, I want to open up my own family and youth center and be able to have a place where they can go, like a safe place, which is also educational. So that's the bits and pieces of it, <laughs> a little preview. Well God's put those desires in your heart, and it's fun to hear about them. And I'll look forward to watching along the line and seeing what all happens there. It's exciting. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Well, thank you, and this is so much for being with us. And again, before we uh, stop, tell people how they can connect with you, email, Facebook, and how they can get your books. Yeah, that'd be great. So Amazon.com, if you go to, if you type in the title, True Story of Santa Claus, or just my name, Anissa Zucker, you'll find the books that I wrote. Um, Fearless Expressions is, I wrote that actually before I even found Christ at all. But it's interesting because it shows like what addiction did in my life and how I grew 
and my spiritual eyes being open. So it's like in three different sections. Yeah. So it starts with almost dark poetry to getting lighter and lighter. And lighter. So I found that that helped teens, young teens who are struggling. I have enjoyed that book and also True Story of Santa Claus. Those are the books you can look on Amazon. And uh, Kano's Education should be up and running very soon, just a couple of months. And my name is for email to contact me is nissbliss777 at gmail.com. So I hope to hear from people. And on Facebook? <laughs> Facebook, my name, Anissa Zucker. Great. Anissa, thank you. So this has been such a joy for me just to hear the joy in, in your heart to see you, to see what God's doing in your life. I've been looking forward to this for uh, quite a while, and I'm, I'm glad it's finally happened. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.